Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Ay. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Ay. That's it right there. Something about how that beat drop. That just changes everything. Just make you wanna vibe with it for a minute. I mean, I'm cool with it if you cool with it. It's wild because this show has its own energy. Its own energy. Definitely got its own energy. Yo, energy is felt. It's like when I plug in, I'm so tuned in. Frequency, the vibration is powerful. Every epi is an oppy for me to uncover another layer of me from privately to openly. It's quite a leap. Fearfully, and exciting, all in one scene. Come take a peek through me. By now, I think you know who I am. But just in case you're new here, I'm the resident human here. I'm passionate. I'm truth. I'm non-judgment. I'm truce. I'm chill. Shit, I'm kung fu. I'm about community for a better you and me. May this experience be heart opening. As is something I'm ready for. I have my tissue handy for it. I vow to feel and not ignore it. What a world if I explore it. I feel my heart expanding more and more. May I accept light and release all heavy. May my heart accept peace as it's ready. Already, slow and steady, balance ready, bands repeat, shit ain't cheesy, might cost defeat. Slow down, down, just breathe. Just breathe. It's what I'm constantly reminding me. Slow down, just breathe. I invite you to intentionally breathe with me. It's deeply refreshing. Take a few deep breaths in. so sweet how'd that feel for you mothers are the fabric of our being as they carry and nurture us 
into being. They are the life force that is the creation of human. With no mothers, there'd be none of us here. Shout out to mothers everywhere. I honor your life's fair. A mother's love so deep, I'd never know until the body separated from her soul. It's like living in a reality that's wildly unfamiliar, waiting on you to hold my hand again, help me escape insanity. As my mind can't conceive what's happening, as I sit here, dazing, waiting for you to come back again, only accept that's not happening. Heart heavy, teary eyes full, I don't understand. Don't know what next to do. I'm helpless without you. And damn this world rude. Family around here asking about purses and shoes. I'm like, take it. Yeah, sure. My head spinning. Bad news. Nightmare news. Vulnerability. Brand new. Way brand new. Grief. Swallow me whole. First chew. First chew. What I'ma do now? I don't know. What to do? And came alcohol and drug abuse to placate my suffering. Until my suffering surfaced up again. And again. And again. And it's never end. Until you learn from it. For real again, nah, for real, for real, and I'm learning it from a deficit. Even after reading the death certificate, still couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, yo, this really happening? Constantly questioning my reality. Like, yo, where my mama at? Folks looking at me like, yo, not again with that. I'll accept my days starting in with that. You don't even know you. It's like reality keeps coming back new. Everything feels familiar, except there's no you. Damn. I held my mother's hand as she exhaled her final breath. I'm speaking this now, present day, eight years later, and it still feels the same as it did that day. It was the morning of May 14th, 2014. Mom was in hospice in the Houston Medical Center. Didn't sleep well the night before, and neither did I. I spent nights with her on a small cot in the corner. My brother would arrive around 6 a.m. to relieve me so I could go to work as a teacher. This particular morning, he didn't show. Oh, I'm calling him leaving the messages, texting, 
call in some more. Uh, so I called into work um, because she didn't sleep well and I, I just didn't feel right leaving. In retrospect, I absolutely made the right decision. So I'm so grateful that I followed my intuition in not feeling right about leaving. And I stayed instead of just, you know, taking off and going to work. So I'd say like within an hour, um, my mom's vitals started to rapidly decline to the point that I thought the machines were malfunctioning. I, I was just so confused. They were not. I contacted a few family members uh, and finally reached my brother. As family members arrived, I was at her bedside. I could see my mom struggling to search the room, looking for my brother. who hadn't yet arrived, but was en route. I offered comforting words as I held her hand, telling her it's okay. Mike, it's okay, mom. Jamel is here. Everything is okay. And she was really struggling to see and could feel that he wasn't, she could feel he wasn't there. And meanwhile, her vitals are, are steady declining and she's not giving up. My brother came in around 10.30 a.m. Came in, said, hey, Ma, rubbed her feet. Um, I could sense her relief, and she passed away at 10.32. I gazed at her intently, like, the whole time, not wanting to miss this ultimate final moment like I, I I feel that this was it I knew this would be a moment that I could never get back and I was as present as I could be as my mother transitioned I felt my knees buckle beneath me. I felt them buckling beneath me and I rejected it. It was like this very powerful just sense of nah this isn't the time. If not now, then when? Pull it together. I denied myself the opportunity to fully feel what I was feeling. It was too overwhelming. 
It was too much. My body was shaking. Like physically shaking. Uncontrollably. What's wild is that the power of the mind, like me, shutting those emotions off and going somewhere else through dissociation, which is something I was not familiar with at the time. I've only recently learned of this behavior through therapy. Shout out my therapist was good. I experienced such an intensity of overwhelm that I would just disconnect and I would no longer be present mentally. I would just be there physically. And sometimes I would disassociate from my body and the human experience altogether and just be floating elsewhere. feeling very separate from me, which is a great survival tactic, but not to be used as a defense mechanism to survive day to day. And that's what I was doing. What's wild is that emotions are something that you can't escape. Those feelings kept resurfacing for years until I acknowledged and accept them. I mastered the art of repressing my feelings. It had become such a seamless thing that I did it naturally. It was so natural. And in retrospect, I realized that I learned that from my mother because she masked her pain to the point of I, at times, forgot that she was sick because she she didn't show it. I mean, her body started to express it and it became clear. But even through all the way up until we got to hospice, it was like unreal because it just... It felt so normal and we never talked about it um like as far as the discussion of this life is coming to an end and this is what I want from you or expect from you or this is what I need none of that and I was in such I think well now I know just like shock and awe and just like processing it all that I was just silent. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to receive what was happening. I, I didn't know what to do, what to, I was just like stunned and stuck. I remember this one day, it was Mother's Day. Um, so my mother went into the hospital on my birthday. Um, my birthday's April 27th. So April 27th, 2014, she went into the hospital. She had stage four cancer. Uh, it was started as breast cancer and metastasized lungs, liver, everywhere. 
and she was diagnosed, I want to say, around 2005, 6. I'm not completely sure because she didn't tell us. I didn't find out until way later. I don't even know how long. We never even had that conversation. I was hit with this information of like stage four, which I learned. Well, I knew already that that was the last stage of cancer, but I don't think I knew, knew until I started to do research and really understand like what was happening. However, the doctors had been telling her for years that it was like the end of the road, which I think is something that doctors should not do. Like, don't tell people you got days, months, whatever. Of course, if people ask you, you know, like, Doc, how long I got, express it. But I think it's poor bedside manner for doctors to be like, um, by the way, you have, when ain't nobody asked you that. Anyway, they've been telling her that she had months, days, weeks, and it was never true. However, this final time she went into the hospital, uh, it was April 27, 2014. She was in the hospital for maybe 10 days, and then they informed us that there was nothing more they could do. We could either go home or go to hospice. And so I chose hospice because I'd be on my own at home. But we were in the, the hospice facility. I think this was like day two that we were there. And it was Mother's Day and I I felt, I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I get balloons? Should I get cake? You know, it's Mother's Day. Even though we're here, like I should. I left, I went to go get a cake. Um, and then I came back and my brother, we were there and so I was talking to my mom about this cake and and she was just looking like dazed. Um, and then she said, Mother's Day, I don't have any kids. Um, and she just started going on and on about like not having kids and she was in a whole different space from here. And that was the first time that I think it really hit me like, oh, this is happening, like right now. Um, mentally, my mother started to leave. She was, she was exiting the human experience. And I, and I didn't know what to do with that. I remember just like dazing, gazing out of the window just stuck again, I guess. Even now, as I feel sad and teary as I can, like I'm in that space as I am retelling this story. And it's just heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I just, I didn't know what to do, what to say, I, so I didn't say anything. I continued to allow her to talk, and it was just like nonsensical things that she was saying, and I think I cried. 
to myself because I definitely wasn't as comfortable as I am with crying now. I'll almost cry anywhere if I feel the urge, and especially if I feel safe. But it was just so sad. And there was nothing I could do. Mother's Day was that Sunday, and she passed away on Wednesday. There are so many things in retrospect that are learned that the present moment when you're in it, it's real time happening. You've got to think in real time and be able to process and come up with a solution and be able to move forward. And it's like when life hits you with something that is this big and life altering, how you just move. That's wild because I did just move from the refusal to allow the knee buckling to full motion planning and preparing for what comes after death. never planned a, a funeral. All of this was new and I was learning as I went on. I wrote the entire program. Uh, it was just so much that I had no idea or concept of. Like you gotta pick out. I had to pick out what she was going to wear and bring every single garment and item in. I was so just perplexed, like, this is a big, this is, this is a lot. I, I just turned 29 and talk about a a wild hell of a end to the 20s, right? Just, I felt like I was just out here, just bare, naked, and afraid, and alone. Although there were so many people physically present with me, I, I felt so alone in a way I'd never felt before and that I haven't felt since. Which makes sense because I am a part of her, she is me. I am of her. We had such a, a great relationship. Every birthday, we always celebrated together in some way. Just a beautiful, unconditional love. And of course, all relationships have their breakdowns you know, and communication and understanding and all those things. We definitely were not separate from that. What's so interesting is that 
Just like none of that stuff matters when it comes down to love. On this particular birthday, I was at brunch with friends and I received a call from my mom. So I stepped outside the venue to take the call. And so she says, happy birthday. Thanks, Ma. I'm at brunch right now. I'm gonna come through there when I leave here. Oh, that's so great. Are you having a good time? Yeah, it's cool. This is a new place. I haven't been here before, so I'm excited to try the menu. And then we chopped it up for a little bit. And before I got off the phone, she says, I don't want you to worry, but I called Aunt Liz because I wasn't feeling good. And so I'm at the hospital, but everything's fine. I want you to enjoy your day. I'll see you tomorrow. Needless to say, everything wasn't okay. However, she wasn't lying. They had her on morphine, and so I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but everything be okay all the time on those drugs. I did continue on with brunch, and I don't know, I felt it just hasn't, birthdays haven't felt the same since I can say that. It was different. It was the first birthday where I didn't physically see my mom. And the last birthday that she'd be alive in human form. And the shit still foreign. It was really challenging for me to let go. Um, and I'm, I'm still letting go. I think that grief is an evolutionary process that happens in time through understanding, through acceptance, through allowance to let what be is because it is. I was in denial for a very long time, and denial is one of the stages of grief. And I, I just grappled. I could not, it was too hard to accept. It was too hard to accept. And it made it easy for me to be in denial because I would spend six months or so without seeing my mom when I moved away for college. So it wasn't abnormal to not see her every day. And so I made it, I would make up stories in my mind about where she was and just like all kinds of things. Um, and it was easy to hold up that facade and those falsities until my mom's funeral that solidified a lot. And I could tell myself so much up until that point where I, I had to see her, I had to face it. And that was, oh my gosh, I dreaded the day. Like angst 
I, I it was, oh, I was just thinking of it now. Oh, it was, oh, I didn't want to do it. I, I, like everything in me was denying it, of course, because I had been in denial and in this space of like refusing to believe what was happening. It was just too big. It was too big. And I remember having to go to the mortuary. It was rough. Oh, it was hella rough. Like, we took some shots before we went. Probably even might have smoked something. I don't even remember. I just remember thinking, ain't no way I'm doing this sober. Like, I can't. I can't do it. Shots knocked the edge off for sure, though I wouldn't recommend it as a cure. So I went in there and we were the next family up. So they, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. I just, I'm like, they rolled the bodies in. But that's pretty much what they do. Um, a family at a time. So we were next up, kind of sitting in the lobby. Um, and then they rolled my mom in the casket that she's gonna be in. Well, I guess I could say her casket. That shit still feels weird. Um, and we were to view her and make any changes and adjustments to whatever, which I made changes to the makeup that they had her on and some other stuff that I did not like. I experienced uh, quite a bit of family drama during this time as well, which I ain't get into. Um, as Scarface say, what go on in this house, staying here, Caprendi. <laughs> I ain't got no problems with that. I don't want no, hey, that was then, this is now. I'm so grateful in retrospect that I didn't knock nobody out because I'm nonviolent, but you can get it, you dig. You ain't never had a fight, but hey, hey, <laughs> hey. adjustments and then that was it I wouldn't see her again until the day of service so that was hard to see her in this form I just felt so I, I felt so I don't even like, I still don't even have the words. Um, this is definitely an experience that once experienced, it's understood. Um, this is a loss like no other. Right? This is the human that produced life, produced my life at that, so, wow. I felt a lot of different ways, um, even throughout just this recording. 
the podcast. Um, and I, I, I right now feel such gratitude, grace, and love and appreciation for my mother. Wow, what an amazing human being. Wow. All that she is in me. Wow. I did my best to plan the best celebration of life that I could under the situation and pressures. And I recently started giving myself grace and love and compassion and and forgiveness because we always feel like we can do better. Well, I can't speak for we. I always feel like I can do better and I have to, well, I don't have to, but I'm learning to have grace for myself in situations where I know I did my best, especially in traumatic things or I was gonna say situations where it's their first time, but it's like every time's your first time, even when it's not your first time doing something, it's it's still the first experience doing it this day, this way. And, and my therapist really helps a lot with that, just the mindfulness, the awareness, and, and being that mirror to help me see the blind spots, you know, see outside of myself because we only see what we're experiencing and, and other people are experiencing and uh, are experiencing it. Why is that so hard to come out? Other people are experiencing us differently than we're experiencing ourselves. I experience emotionally so intense that I had to repress feelings. I repressed them because it was too much. It was too much. But what's wild is that what is repressed will only be contained for finite, for a finite. <laughs> I'm tired. That's what that is. I repressed my feelings so much I could no longer hold it in. I remember sitting on the front row at my mom's funeral and they asked for the final view on anybody that wants to come up. And I tapped my brother. He was just like, no, he, he was good. And I wanted to. And so I did. I went up there. And the closing of the casket was the most difficult moment. I wailed a sound so loudly and beyond me, it was an outer body and I couldn't stop crying. I literally was outside of me watching me in disbelief, like this isn't happening, but it was. 
I grew numb. I couldn't feel anything. It was like my emotion or emotional state went from intense, high intensity to feeling nothing. No matter what I did, and at no point was I scared that I felt nothing. I didn't care. I was literally just trying to make it to the next day. Most days, I hope I didn't wake up actually. We've been all the way a hundred. Feeling like, get me the fuck out of here. I'm done. I experienced suicidal thoughts and activities, depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, just straight zombie activities. It was so challenging to let go. I paid my mom's cell phone bill for about six months or so for those moments that I forget just so I could hear it ring and hear her voice on the machine. A few times I almost left a message. Felt like I was slipping in and out of consciousness. At certain points, I couldn't differentiate between reality and a nightmare. I was a zombie for years. Talking about numbness, I wasn't even here. I was dissociative. I'm talking time unaccounted for. I was subtracted and divided, no longer provided for. Heartbreak to the core. This heartbreak redefined heartbreak for me. I get word of the day from dictionary.com. And I, I once read the dictionary. I've always had a fascination with words and how they play together. Anyhow, word, carouse, spelled C-A-R-O-U-S-E, means to engage in junkin, in, (laughs) (laughs) it means to engage in drunken revel. I went from sinking to drinking. I was like, oh, hell no, ain't no way I'm doing this sober. During that time, Tangeray was my shit. All my people pulled up with leaders of it. I was surrounded by it. I felt great comfort in it. I woke up drinking, passed out drinking. For about a year straight, I'm talking every single fucking day. I was on it. And... I wasn't alone. I was with groups of people every day. Many supplied my every need. None of which could fathom what was happening. I was the first of them to experience it happening. Talk about grappling. My knees kept buckling. I exerted all my strength to push away the suffering not knowing, ignoring, prolonged suffering as it will not go away, no matter the buffering. 
Ain't that something? I refused to feel any of it. It was too heavy to accept. I couldn't even conceive. I was waiting for Ma to come back from vacation. Even after burial, I convinced myself it was true. Oh, but when the year mark hit, my convincing started shattering. Reality returned for acceptance, and it grew more real the more sober I became. One day a friend said to me, this can't be your life's end. And though I kept drinking, I took that in because that hit me from within. And eventually, I got up again. And thankfully, I did because here I am in a space I never thought I'd stand. I just knew I was finished, and that was the end. How impacting. I definitely didn't want this to be my end, although it felt like the end. I knew it was more, I I knew that I had to do something differently, like I couldn't continue this way. I had to navigate this sea of pain. The emotional pain gets so intense that I could physically feel it. Like I physically felt not just sick. I I, I didn't feel present in my body. Sometimes I, I feel like I left too. Like it was just remnants of me here on planet Earth with the rest of you. And at times, I'd do anything to escape from it, anything to divert from it. It was so excruciating. So there are five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I experienced all of them. In year eight, in May, it'll be year eight, I'm finally in acceptance. And it feels wild to say. Because I never really thought I'd make it this way. Like, I really thought it was the end of me. And I realized I said this previously. I couldn't even tell what a beginning be. The end of my mom felt like the end of me. No objectivity, no clarity, no understanding of what's happening. But it's happening regardless. What you gonna do with all of this? I can't even hold you and wouldn't want to if I could. This epi took a lot out of me. It took, I can't even really go into what it took. It's gone.
far away so long. Wow, it's powerful, the release of nouns, you know, the people, places, and things of this human experience. I recognize that the more I release, the more I grow as there is room for expansion is so much more. Wow. The leap to release. Oh, that's the word. That's the word. Because for me, I want to hold on and let go at the same time, right? And you can only do one or the other at a time. So hanging on, clinging for dear life, and having to let go of dear life. Wow. I had to let go. And a part of me thought letting go meant letting go of my mother. Again, she is of me. She cannot be let go. But I had to let go of that pain and that suffering and all the things that come with grief. And I'm still letting go, still learning. One moment at a time, one breath at a time. That's all we're given anyway. So I really try to be present. But I'm so grateful for this day that I could tell a part of my story. Some of my moms, I'm gonna get to her in a real deep way another day. Um, this is important to me, to release grief and to express it so that others can use my journey as a guide and light. Perhaps do with it what you will. May it heal. It's only up from here. I say all that to say, ain't nothing in this life I can't do. My greatest fears, I've endured them. And so I'm standing on the other side of it, chuckling. Because it didn't break me. Ultimately, it blossomed me. I was the kid who cared what my mom thought. It mattered to me. I wouldn't engage in certain things because I cared what it meant to my mom. In school, when teachers were mentioning calling my mom, I go from cutting up to, so what page are we on? Through all the agony and pain, as I released, I was also freed from my mother's expectations. My mother was the lion of our tribe. I'm a free cub out here. I went from reckless to intentional. I don't even know how to end this one. It's like, it's gotta be perfect, right? Um, and part of me feels like ending this epi 
is ending this conversation with my mom. And though I know beginnings are on the other side of the end, it's still a process for me accepting the end and releasing what is in order to allow what's coming to be, if that makes sense. I believe that letting go is one of my ultimate purposes of this human experience. Learning to let go. So interesting because all I want is to be free. That's all I want. And in order to be free, you got to let go, right? That is so wild. And when I say wild, I mean untamed, like this life. And everything that comes with it. Because you really can't take what you want and run with it and leave the shit you don't because it's like all mixed in together like a stew. (laughs) Damn. Peace is the plan. May we meet again in the end. I love you till then. I saw your face in a dream, wandering around with two birds and one stone. It was so pure. All my life I've been so lonely. I imagine a better place than here. Startled, alarm clock reads 2359. Suddenly, the memory of May 14, 2014 enters my mind, mind rampaging, away we go, again, startled awake, how miraculous for a dream to feel so real, yet be surreal, no life for real. My challenge for you is to meet yourself where you are and travel together from there. May you accept each moment for what it is and decide what to do from there. When we reject what's happening, it doesn't stop what's happening. I believe it's so important to breathe. It truly changes things. May peace become you. I read something that said, grief is love that has no place to go. That was deep. So I'm releasing grief and sending my love to you, Ma. I love you eternally on this earth and beyond. You're the most beautiful human example I could ever have. 
They say I'm a real woman, real in the field out here. That's because of you. Real, recognize real. And love don't die for real. Thank you for everything. You sacrifice everything. All for mailing me. I now see. And it's wowing. You sacrifice life for me. For little old me. I'm big though. Colossal. With no waiver inconsistency. Wowzers. What a love so deep. Ooh, wee. I pay homage to thee. You honorary. May your spirit be of peace and great ease. As you've done well. Well done. All is well. And death ain't a choice we have. It don't matter if you with it. I feel your energy regularly. I honor your protection as it never left me. One of many blessings. The love we need, we receive. Shout out my village. Though I'm on my own, I realize I'm not alone. Feels nice to belong. Even after the shield is gone. Farewell. Safe sails. Journeying through tough times. Braveful. There are no rewinds. Except in the mind. There's no control. Only choosing. I'm going for all wins. No losing. Nothing's forever, and right now is only today. May peace hunt me down while engaged in dark days. As I evolve, I think of death differently. Not to mention the things I've seen in this life, the experiences I've endured. I don't believe death will compare to this life. I think death will be a walk in the park. After all, it is the end, right? When has the end of something ever been hard? It might hurt like hell, and then it's over. I'm manifesting a beautiful, warm, peaceful death as I manifest an abundant, loving, patient, fulfilling life for yo. Death won't compare. A few ways to support the pod. Subscribe. If you care, share. Soon I'll be everywhere. Ain't no way around it. I dare. Hit me on Twitter. O-R-A-N-G-3-3. Curious cousin questions, community, or internal mediation, email us at understandably so at gmail.com. That's understand A B L Y S O W at gmail.com. K
keep running up the streams. I appreciate y'all. Shout out Chris. Subscribe to the team. I honor you with major gratitude. Love. Gratitude embedded. Springs blossom forever. Something to leave you with before I get out of here. The disruption of peace is a detour. Relax with that. Welcome to the bonus lounge. I've been waiting for you. So we can do how we do, the way we do what we do, when we do what we doing. So come on in. As I progress in this podcast endeavor, learning a lot and it's awesome because this is episode four. Epi four out here and it's so much better than the first one. So much better. And May they continue to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And better. It sucks to get fired from a job you hate. It's like they're saying, we hate you too. But they beat you to it. It used to fire me up to be let go from a job I didn't even want to go to. Happened to me a couple of times till I decided I'm gonna start leaving these jobs before I hate them. And that's what I started doing. Evaluating, planning, and exiting. May you tune in next time. Big peace. No little league. <laughs>